I think we're live. Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing? Good. I'm actually, there's a lot of, again, unhappy Oilers fans. I think I've said oh. that every day for every weeks time. now. But I have to say I'm not one of them. Um, I think the main thing to do on a free agency day if you're an Edmonton Oilers GM is to avoid making a big splash because I charted um, the Oilers in recent years. I was kind of had it in the back of my mind that it, it's not been a good idea for the Oilers for, to sign UFA free agents. And so I dug into it a little bit. didn't take long. You just have to go to, to uh, cap friendly. And Bruce, the Oilers' record in free agency has been absolutely abysmal. They they haven't gotten a player in July on a big contract that's worked out completely in the complete decade of darkness. I think it's fair to say. So, um, and you know, so I'll just quickly go down the list: Tobias Reeder, Kyle Brodziak, Yusi Jokinen, Milan Lucic. Mark Latestu, Andre Sekera, Benoit Pouliot, Mark Fain, Nikita Nikitin, Andre Ferentz, Boyd Gordon, Jason LaBarbera, Eric Belanger, Curtis Foster, Nikolai Habibulin, and Sheldon Surrey. So, I was not... I got Mark, I got Mark Latestu is covering the bet. I got him as a maybe. They bought him out it, right? last year, did they not? Nope. And they traded I traded him at the deadline. They were able to trade him. I think. I think that I, I also have that contract is working out. And of course, they signed Chris Russell as a UFA in October, and right. um, that worked out. That one year deal definitely worked out. So there's about twenty players there, and one or two of them have worked out. That's a horrible ratio. Now in the in the NHL as a whole, Bruce, it's a little better. It's about one third of the, the big signings. On UF on July first, UFA day or early July workout, about a third of them. So, of all of these big money signings that all these teams are excited about today, you know, from based on history, not oh, yeah. just just a handful, just a just a, a small portion of them, about a third, are going to work out. So, you know, the the team that's excited about Anders Lee and Matt Zuccarello and and Brandon Tanev and Bobrovsky and Duchesne and Tyler Myers. Um, and um, Gustav Nyquist, uh, down the road, only about a third of those teams are going to be thinking, yeah, that was a good idea. Most of those teams are going to be thinking, oh, man, we are sunk with this deadweight contract, and we've got to get it off our books. So uh, Happens a lot, doesn't it? Pardon me? Happens a lot. Happens a lot. So let's go down the list of the the moves the Oilers did make. And... um, First of all, um, they signed uh, Smith, and he's got a bonus-laden contract, Smith and Net. And um, they didn't sign Cam Talbot. And it was interesting, Bruce. Cam Talbot signed for more than Smith did, $2.75 million on his basic contract, Smith at $2 million. And the only other thing I'd add about Smith is that after uh, February 1st last year, I think you have the same stat, after February 1st, he had, an, I think, a 9-12 save percentage in Calgary. Right. And he was the starting goalie in the playoffs. So it sounds like looks like when he got healthy, um, Smith, he's been a pretty good goalie for a long time. And uh, in the second part of last year, he was, again, a pretty good NHL goalie for the Calgary Flames. So what do you think of the signing? Well, uh, he's going to be an interesting player to watch. Like He's a highly competitive, volatile guy. He's a big man. 
He's a very, very aggressive puck handler uh, who uh, uh, will get himself into trouble occasionally and also will make a big play occasionally. Kind of changes the equation a little bit for the other team shooting the puck in. Uh, I said in my post about him that he may be the most aggressive uh, puck handler the Oilers had since Don Smokey McLeod uh, tended the twine for uh, the oil in my first year as a season ticket holder, 1977-78. He was an insane puck handler, McLeod. I think he had 10 assists that year, and he only played 30-odd games. You know who was a pretty damn good puck handler, Bruce? Grant mm-hmm. Fuhrer. Grant Fuhrer, yeah. Grant I, mean, I gave him an honorable mention. Fantastic. I mean, because yeah. you don't really remember Grant Fuhrer because you don't remember the mistakes uh carrying the puck because there weren't many because he was so damn good at it i mean i I don't think there's been i don't remember seeing a better like in terms of efficiency of passing because a lot of these goalies get bad marks because they have the big rep as a puck mover Mm -hmm. but when you look at their success rate in passing it's actually pretty abysmal so so you know a lot of people say well you'd rather not have that guy but grant fear was pretty good the goalie that i was thinking of is uh gary smith in terms Mm -hmm. of the big sideburns era of goalies uh-huh. comparing, comparing Mike Smith. Oh, I remember him stick handling all the way to center ice one time. That was pretty famous. He got tired of Toronto Maple Leafs defense being unable to clear the puck, so he just caught one and he just dropped it and he stick handled right up the middle and went all the way to center, which is as far as the goalie's allowed to go. It was a very exciting moment. So and there's a couple goalies still out there on the market, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, well, the oil won't be going after any more goalies. They needed a number two, and they got one. Do you think it, what do you think of it in the end? What's your question? Is the one A, one B, a two? Uh, I don't mind. I love that it's a one year deal. I hate anything more than that for that guy, 37 years old. I like that it's got bonuses written into it that he has to earn a big chunk of it. He doesn't just get paid for, you know, wearing a ball cap. He, he gets paid more as he plays. Uh, I don't mind there's a playoff bonus. I don't mind paying playoff bonuses because that means you're in the playoffs. Uh, Overall, uh, I'm a little indifferent, but I think they could have done a lot worse. They could have, you know, got tied up for more dollars with another goalie, and they've already done that mm-hmm. with Michael Koskinen. So they're going to go with a, a two-man uh, veteran rotation. And it is what it is. I, I think, I don't know, would you rather have brought Cam Talbot back? Calgary, basically they traded. Calgary wound up with Talbot one year, two points. Oh, no, Cam Talbot. We had seen enough of Cam Talbot. I mean, that was two years in a row, Bruce, where he had mm-hmm. just, just. I mean, if just think if he, there's a little bit of history with these players too. And at a certain point, like it's not good for the player to come back. Like if Cam Talbot came back, even if he was ready and good to go, maybe he's a better bet than Smith. I don't know. Like it's it's hard to say. But if he came back and he had a couple of games where he let in a goal earlier in the game, I mean, what uh-huh. would be just what the, the torrent of abuse and unhappiness and catcalling at the games would have been kind of overwhelming for the player. I just don't think it's a good, you know, if a city's poisoned for you, and on a certain level, I think Edmonton was for Talbot. He needed to go elsewhere and get a fresh yeah. start. And I think there's something yeah, to be said for that. They're going to be poisoned for Mike Smith. Some people are, because he's not a well-liked guy. I'm ga- I'm guessing he'll start to become well-liked when he starts doing his shtick wearing the oil drop as opposed to for some other team. Exactly. Uh, but he might have a short leash. Grandland, Marcus Grandland, Bruce. Yay or nay, what do you think of that signing? I don't mind it. Again, one year, uh, 1.3 million. He was not qualified by Vancouver, 
So he was actually a restricted free agent that didn't get qualified, but even at one year, he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of it because of his age. Uh, he's got some history of scoring, and he has quite a bit of history as a penalty killer, which is something Edmonton desperately needs. And the last two years, he was in at about two, almost two and a half minutes per game on the penalty kill in each of the last two years, which is a lot for a forward. So clearly they, they relied heavily on him. Now, how good of a penalty killer he is, I can't tell you. All I can just say for now is that he now slots into that spot on the depth chart, which has been a gaping hole on this club. So his even strength scoring is abysmal. I mean, uh, out of 450 NHL forwards in the last uh, two years, in terms of even strength scoring, I think he's like a 415th or something like that out of 450. So like, he, he it's, it's just not there. He's not an, a strong attacking player. So he's got to be a strong checking player, but this is the kind of player that Dave Tippett seemed to have made a lot out of it is at his various stops in the NHL kind of getting players like this and turning them into third line checkers. And the thing I like about it, Bruce, mm-hmm. so Ken Holland at his press conference talked about one of his goals uh, coming in as GM was to get more speed in the bottom half of that Oilers roster. And it was just driving us crazy right. last year, right? how yes. slow they were. Yes. And it, it, it can't be that slow again. And, and the good thing about it is, He's not only talked about doing it, he's done it. He's brought in, um, he's brought in speedy. Um, oh, you're going to, Bruce is going to deal with his dog or cat here. He's brought in speedy uh, Joachim Dygaard. He's brought in Thomas Yurko. He's brought in, I'm just saying, Bruce, he brought in Nygaard, Thomas Yurko, mm-hmm. Gaetan Haas. And yep. Yurko and Haas are announced today, and these are really cheap deals. They're around mm-hmm. the NHL. Yeah. Um, who knows if either of those guys will, will pay out, but he has, I think, successfully brought in three fast players. who are going to compete for jobs in that, um, bottom group of forwards. So he, he's gone and done it. So I, I give him credit for that, even though I'm, you know, there's always, there's the worry with Grandland that he's not going to be a double digit scorer, mm-hmm. that he's going to be a less than five goals, uh, <laughs> well, he scored. He's, he might read her at Bruce. That's what I'm worried about. He scored 12 last year, David. He had 10 at even strength, 10 goals and eight assists. So you talk about his crappy even strength numbers, and you're right. Uh, but they were much crappier in 2017-18, enough to drag down the two-year average. Uh, I mean, 12 and 10 is not great numbers, but when you're talking about bottom six, it kicks butt on anybody on the Oilers. You know, I mean, I mean yeah, got, goals, I'll take it. That's for sure. I'm just worried. I mean, would have ranked him, what, fifth or sixth on the Oilers behind, uh, um, yeah, six. So if he's in the bottom six uh, and scoring at that rate and killing penalties and skating with speed. Uh, interesting thing about Grandland before we move on. Uh, if there's another player that's ever done this before, I don't know who it is. Uh, his first three NHL teams, Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton. Huh. Here's <laughs> another interesting. Okay. Here's another interesting factoid. He's from Ulu, Finland, and that's oh, where yeah? Jesse Pulia Yarvi oh. um, trains in in the summer. So maybe they found a friend or somebody. That would be awesome, you know. Like like like, would that ever be a nice little sort of side benefit if it was um, something that they could they could uh, use as a you know we always talk about sweeteners well. There's different different forms of them. Maybe, who knows? Anyway, you make a you make an interesting. And, and just 
quickly on the Puglia Yarvi front, Holland said that he's um, he's had players in Detroit who said they weren't coming back, and they came back. And he's had players who said they weren't coming back. Excuse me, and he's traded them. So, mm-hmm. and he says he, we still don't know what's going to happen there. I, my bet is Bruce at this point. My bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Like I, it, it's it's hard to make a bet because it really comes down to the individual, right? The individual person, mm-hmm. and who knows what's in his head. But I, I my bet, my guess is he's going to be back this year. My guess is that Ken Holland knows that he has the hammer and he's prepared to use it. Like I, I don't, you know, like I don't see him just knuckling under to a trade request. And everything he said suggests that that uh, nice guy, reputation notwithstanding, that he can play hardball. And. Yeah, I guess the Oilers do need a top line forward and a th- three center, and that's mm-hmm. Holland also made that clear. So um, yeah, he's got a lot of four C's on the list, and I don't see too many that uh, really line up as three C. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if you can get we either had, of those, we things. had one, you know, and then uh, I had to go and trade him for Ryan Spooner. But enough, enough it's not like Ryan Strom was. A, it's not he like was Ryan Strom was tearing up. Was, he was not tearing up the pee patch. He, he, he had zero goals. He had zero he goals. And about a week before he got traded, I wrote a post saying, well, for a guy with zero zero goals, he's actually playing pretty darn well. And he wound up with 19, right? So yeah. I think the Lions is way hardcore. I think he's the closest thing to a 3C we've had around here for a lot of years. And uh, they gave him away cheap. Anyway, I, I, I got to replace that. They got to replace that position. And they're still looking for a scoring winger, of which their specter was rumoring uh, Patrick Maroon as uh, Oilers being on his short list. What do you think of that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, you know what, Bruce? I wish the Oilers would – I don't see Holland doing this or the Order, or, Oilers organization doing it, but the offer sheet to, to uh, Sebastian Ajo, I, I, I would hope there are all kinds of fantastic players out there on the wing yeah. and at center that the Oilers could offer sheet. You can, you can offer sheet, you know, in the three to $4 million range and you, that's only a second round pick. I don't know why the owners don't do that. I, I think they should do it and they should do it tomorrow. So they can then, if it doesn't work out, then they can offer sheet another guy. And, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think that's the route Ken Holland's going to take. He's been in the, he's an the NHL old guard and, um, yeah, you offer sheets, you, you know, you have to be prepared to fight in barns if you're going to make offer sheets, right? That's I, the, that's an old guard's opinion on offer sheets. But it's, uh, it's weird that it doesn't happen more often, honestly. Like, it's a tool, and I don't know why they don't use it. It's 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 just the weirdest thing to me that they don't. My, my theory is that it gets used, but it never, it never gets um, consummated. They do the negotiations, um, but it looks so bad on the player. Uh, you know, if he signs he an offer sheet somewhere else and his team goes out and brings him back, well, he's got a deal now with a fan base that's going, you know, you ingrate, uh, you traitor, uh, you, uh, uh, you're more committed to yourself and your, and your wallet than you are to this team. And, you know, there's just a lot of crap feedback that they've seen happen with other players who've had matched offer sheets. That if I'm the agent, I'm protecting the player, and I'm testing for sure, testing out what's out there. But I'm doing it in a soft way, where you go back to the team and say, "Well, what they you can offer, you can offer an eighth year that no one else can, and uh, uh, you know you have first rights on the player. If you're reasonably close, we'll sign, we'll stay here." Uh, I have very strong feelings that's what happened in the dry settle negotiations, for example. But we'll never know because there was never a, a hard off sheet. Today's Da'aho was the first one in six years. 
if it gets accepted, it'll be the first one in 12 years, uh, with the last one being Dustin Penner, for goodness sake. So Alex Chason signed for two years at $2.15 million. Um, I was hoping to see something with a one at the front of that, but uh, I was expecting like 1.8, 1.9, and that was probably very optimistic on my part. And given the free agent contracts handed out today to players who scored in their 20 goals, this is by far the cheapest contract of any player who scored 20 goals this year. And what happened to chase on is what happened to Patrick Maroon a year ago, who couldn't find much money as a free agent and couldn't fetch much in a trade for the Oilers because he was totally teams just said, well, he's just, his numbers are totally jacked up playing with McDavid and dry on the power play and at an even strength as well. Now chase on, mm-hmm. of course, wasn't an even strength scorer to speak of, but um, um, he certainly did get a few power play goals. Anyway, I think that's a pretty good number. And best of all, Bruce, what a great term for Chase on just two years, two years. compared to the four oh, years yeah. that we're going to players like Richard Panic, uh, Brett Connolly, Jonas Donskoy. I, I like that a lot. Or the six years that went to Brandon Tanev, a Ouch. 14 goal scorer uh, with Winnipeg, a career 24 goal scorer with Winnipeg who signed a six-year, $21 million contract. That was a player that was of great interest to me. I would have liked the Oilers to get him, but not at that contract. No way, no how. So what's your worst contract of the day that was handed out, Bruce? Oh, I had one a minute ago. Hang on. Um, uh, give me a second. What's your, what's your worst? Oh, I'm going to go with Bobrovsky. I mean, yeah. I think he's a good goalie, but seven years, he's, what is he, 30, 31? Seven years at 10 million? Wow. Uh-huh. Good luck with that. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of these players, Bruce, will have, after they sign, they'll have one kind of peak year and then maybe one near peak year, and that's as good as it gets. And it, when you go as long as seven years on that, whew, four years is going to be bad enough for like when Connolly or Nyquist or Panic or one of these guys, Don Scoy, starts to fade away. But uh, and, and, and I don't actually mind the Connolly because he's only 27, I think, and some of these guys are a bit younger. But Bobrovsky's already in his 30s, and I just thought, well, that. yeah, but like Zuccarello's not that great either. Like I know he's a great guy and everything, but one of the he's what 32, 33, yeah. six year, oh. five year deal at six million. Wow, the wild got wild. Yeah, that's, that's a bit extreme for sure. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Anton Strollman. To me, severe overpay, $5.5 million for three years, so not forever. But the guy's going to be 33 when the season starts. And he's coming off an, in, an injury-reduced uh, season in Tampa Bay. And, you know, he, he's a very good sort of support defenseman. But I don't ever see him as a number one, uh, one as a number one D man. So to get him, uh, you know, and apparently Tampa was willing to go two years, so Florida threw in the third year, and that's what yeah. uh, got him to switch teams. If you hear a chopping sound, Bruce, that's not me cutting up an Oilers player. That's my wife. Oh, She's okay. Salad in the background. So making dinner. Okay. Well, that's always. <laughs> always Life comes it. on, man. You know. Yeah, it sure home, does. We home podcasters, you know, it's just you just this, mm-hmm. is, what the, this is what the gig yeah, is. Yeah, I had the cat come to the door, and when, when by the time I let the door open, the door we'd gone, we moved on from uh, 
Michael or Marcus Granlund to Thomas Yurko. Uh, I think I might have missed something along the way. But, uh, I think I repeated Gustav Nyquist or someone's name about five times there. So oh, I'm yeah. st stretching it out. Sorry about that. The same my, name. Last I saw my cat, she was sound asleep in the bedroom, but uh, she knows when I'm podcasting. She wants to be a star. Uh -huh. A star of YouTube. <laughs> okay. Anyway, six, six moves all together. Do we talk about Gaetan Haas yet? That's I basically think we have official. Covered it. Yeah, we. I think that's we basically official now, and uh, yeah. uh, and I'm expecting he'll get the same though as as um, the Swede they signed earlier. He just had to wait. Haas had to wait till July 1st for the out clause of his contact to kick in in Swiss League, where he was actually signed through 2021. So he cleared out of there and. More depth, and they kind of have this layered depth now. And they got these euros that they brought over three of them, the 25 to 27 year old experienced euros getting their first shot over here. And you add those to the uh, experienced, uh, middle experienced tweeners that the uh, Holland signed in the Oilers, you know, Gamberdella and um, uh, Malone, Patrick Russell, um, that. Uh, They've they've actually got some a little bit of uh, insulation at the depth layer. So Bruce, let's just quickly go over last. We'll finish up with what the owners are going to do, and let's go over just a few quotes from Holland at the press okay. conference. And I thought the 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 interesting thing, the most interesting thing, and I like a lot of fans were again uh, upset, but I was not upset. I think if you get through July first unscathed with the terrible signing that's going to haunt you for years to come, that you've done a good yeah. job. So. Holland said, Holland said, I've been a manager for 22 years. I know when it's time to pay and when it's time not to pay. Now, in saying that, he did, he did suggest that the orders would have cap space in the future and that, that they might, might make some noise, as he put it, in the future when they have cap space. I actually don't know when that day is coming. I don't see it coming ever. As long as McDavid and Dreisaitl are here, they're not going to have cap space because there's always going to be young players to sign. But I, I did like that attitude and he, and he, you know, he wasn't, he didn't, they didn't go for that Don Scoy Connolly contract that I think would, they would have regretted. And um, so I'm pretty, I, I liked what he had to say there. Any thoughts? I think didn't everything they signed today was for one year or two years max, eh? Yeah. Dujar Kara also signed a two-year extension with the club today. Yeah, that's uh, right. he was a he was a restricted free agent, so they had full negotiating rights. But that's a that's a done deal now. But everything was uh, he and Chason were two, and um, the outsiders I think were all one year deals, weren't they? Smith yeah. and yeah. Uh, Granlund and Haas and Yurko. Yeah, and you so, know what? That's a lot of activity. Holy, you know they signed six players today. So he also said this, he said, there's still two months to go this summer and I don't think we're done. And his quote is certainly we'd like to add another player who has the potential to score 20 goals. We'll see if we can make that happen. And he also mentioned that he was going to try to sign a third line center. So that's two more players that they're uh, looking for. And he had made that kind of clear beforehand that that's what he was looking for. Do you think they can get one or both of those players, Bruce? And if so, how? Well, my perfect world, uh, uh, Yesef Pugliarvi, uh moves in with his best friend and roommate, um, 
uh, Marcus, Marcus Granlund, and uh, lines up on the same line with him and pumps home 20 goals on a, on a club-friendly uh, uh, contract. But, you know, I mean, that's that seems actually like a pretty remote possibility. Patrick Maroon is out there. There are guys that are out there, but they don't really have the cap space for them. Uh, you know, they've got, and they haven't got much roster space. You know, with all the flurry of activity today, all of a sudden they're up to 47 uh, signed players on the 50-man list. And you know they're never going to take it all the way to 50. No one ever does. I like to have at least one free space for, you know, eventualities, shall we call it. So they've only got a couple more spots to, to sign players. I wonder if they could still trade Chris Russell for an equivalent kind of forward. That So that might be one. They could trade Pugliarvi for uh, the third-line center type. So that's another option. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still – I don't think there's – like there's a few – there's free agents out there, Ryan Zingle and Marcus Johansson. I don't think they have the money for yeah. that. So I think we can write that off. Maybe Maroon. Maybe Derek Broussard they, if they decided – uh, they were going to go, you know, he's kind of a Derek, Derek Roy kind of player who, yeah. I but I don't know how good Broussard he's never is. done it for me. And he's this last year, he had a really bad year. He played for three different teams and basically failed the test with all of them. And I, if they were to touch him, it would have to be sort of with the 10 foot pole, one year deal cheap. And I'm not sure that he's going to go that way unless he goes into late July and into August and nobody's shown any interest, which is not impossible. He's kind of one of those guys that's, uh, you know, may have already fallen off the cliff. The the trade I'd like to see, Bruce, so it, the top of the list would be Chris Russell for an equivalent kind of player, like mm-hmm. a, a, th- a, a second line, third line winger kind of at the same cap amount. I'd like to see, that's the first thing. That, that would be the deal I'd most likely see like to see there's the other deals that I really envied watching other teams pull off were kind of the Andre Burakovsky or um, Jimmy VC or Eric Hall, a trade where the, where a pretty good player was traded for draft picks. And I don't know if, if those kind of trades are still available. I suspect maybe one or two still might be available as, especially if there's going to be more, I'd love to see more RFA offer sheets this year because that could put a lot of teams into the position where they have to make some trades that they don't want to yeah. make. So um, it's good that they have that little bit of cap space. And that's so outside of the Russell for equivalent forward, I'd like to see um, that kind of really good young veteran player at about three or $4 million come in for like a second or and a third draft pick, that kind of thing. Like we saw, or, or even less than that in some cases, I believe Jimmy Vesey VC got just a third round pick from, for the Rangers from Buffalo, they cleared cap space to get Panarin. So um, uh, that's what I want to see. And that's the kind of deal that Holland to get, like, I think he's getting a passing grade at least mm-hmm. uh, he's so, getting a passing grade. Um, but to get a, to get a really good grade, he's got to make that kind of trade. Yeah. And of course, tomorrow's July 2nd uh, after which uh the uh, Milan Lucic uh, bonus that's getting paid today comes off the out of the bank account of uh, of uh, Oilers Entertainment Group, and so he becomes a slightly more desirable uh, target for other teams as of tomorrow. So if if that trade is ever in the works, now tomorrow on is the time. But I don't see it. But Stoffer said that it. He was saying that he 
Lucic bonus will be paid sometime in the next three weeks, which I thought was interesting because he's also been hinting Lucic could be traded sometime in the next three weeks. So I thought it was July first. Uh, well, that's he said he indicated that it wasn't July first; that it was some other date that the bonus was going to be paid, and it's it's sometime in the next three weeks. So okay. we'll see if Lucic. I'm I, I'm kind of putting that out of my head right now. Uh, I, I I would like to see that, and and it's actually high. Like this is the moment, right? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But I think, um, I'm not. I don't hold out much hope for that, Bruce. I'm, I. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, even though I do think Lucic has some real value to another team and more value to another team than he does to the Edmonton Oilers. Well, Montreal will need him to protect Sebastian Ajo now, right? <laughs> They're going to be desperate when they don't get Ajo. The great thing is when Carolina matches, then Montreal is going to, I think, hopefully they'll make an offer sheet on another player like Marner mm-hmm. or uh, I could see that happening in a second. Or I don't think it'll be Braden Point. I think he won't go that route uh, this, but, um, the story on the tv was that the, all the teams with uh, that are vulnerable uh to offer sheets uh toronto with marner winnipeg with uh, lina and uh connor calgary with kachuk they'd all be phoning carolina and saying when you you should match but you should wait the entire week so montreal can't do anything else until the end of the week and of course that won't help them though Carolina has no incentive to do that to help any of those other teams unless they're throwing draft picks at them or something. However, Carolina might do it just to screw Montreal because Montreal screwed them with this offer sheet and with the brutal terms that caused them to pay over $20 million within the first 12 calendar months uh, before, you know, if they, if they match, they have to keep them for 12 months. And the terms of the deal have two huge bonuses payable within the 12 months like that. I can't believe the CBA allows the owners to screw one another like that. Like that one's, that's just brutal. It's not quite what Ed Snyder did. You mean if they match, they can't trade them? They can't trade them for 12 months. I just thought they couldn't. Oh, okay. Uh, In any case, I don't think it matters to those other teams, Bruce, because to to Marner, or he he can just wait till mid-July to sign an offer sheet. It doesn't matter five whatever that it's a week doesn't matter to him. He's not going to sign anytime soon. These things are going to stretch on like dry saddle stretched on and like Nylander stretched on. So yeah. you could have offer sheets. You could line them up. You could have three or four in a row, five, five in a row. And uh, that'd be fun. I'd love to see it <laughs> because it's not the Oilers on the firing line. I'd love to see that. Like, Hey, make it Matt could like make could Kachuk next. He should be next. And then Marner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only yeah. wish they had I'd pushed Carolina to 10 point uh, Three million, uh, mm-hmm. just under the uh, four four first draft picks. They might have done um, Carolina a favor in the end in terms of the amount of the contract. I agree. That's a reasonable deal. Or you know, they, the, the 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 terms of when he gets paid is not that reasonable, but the overall amount for the value of the player is probably not that far off. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there, Bruce. We got to. I got a. Uh, to help out around the house here and yeah. uh, there's fireworks to watch tonight you right. got, got to eat that salad eh i do yeah all right all right i gotta write a post just uh, updating the orders roster with the six new additions and the much lower cap space and so on that's now available we'll have that up a little bit later on but uh it's been a busy day without anything too uh obviously long-term costly uh, yeah, I like none I of like these it. deals like those you described earlier or 
the first two trolley years when they paid the biggest contracts in the entire NHL to get first Sekera and then Lucic. Nothing like that. Everything's just small, safe, maybe too safe, but safe bets. Oh, one last thing, Bruce. I'm glad the Oilers, because there was heavy talk of the Oilers getting Wayne Simmons from the Flyers. Mm-hmm. He's had a one-year $5 million deal. You know what? His Over the last two years, his even strength scoring of 1.4 points per 60 is exactly the same as Jujar, Jujar Kyra. Mm-hmm. So um, there you yeah, have he's it. Plummeted. He's plummeted, and many of the power forwards have. And they said on TSN this morning, they talked about the 2016 um, free agent day when Lucic got signed, when uh, Kyle Pozo got signed, Andrew Ladd got signed, Louis Erickson got signed, uh, Troy Brower. It was all these mostly power forwards entering their 30s, and they were all disasters. All the contracts they listed were disasters. Yeah. And so one year for Wayne Simmons, even $5 million is a lot, but one year makes a hell of a lot more sense than going deep on a player of that description. All right. Thanks for talking, Bruce. Thanks for listening, everyone. Happy Canada Day. And in the meantime and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>